This is Slashers, your new favorite podcast for all your new favorite horror media. My name is Doug, and with me today are my esteemed colleagues, co-hosts, and cohorts, Aid and Mikey. Why don't you guys say hey to the mutant goons from beyond? Hey, mutant goons. Hey, mutant goons. Happy Women's March. Oh, yeah, and for Women's March. Now, this film is one that I've actually, uh, I, I loved it when I first seen it. And when I saw the trailers for it, I'm like, oh, it's Blumhouse. Uh, here we go. This is made movies made for teenagers that go to a mall that text on their phone the whole time. But no, this is actually one of Blumhouse's greatest movies. It's honestly, like this is Blumhouse's best movie. And it's a black female killer. We I don't think we've ever had that before, to be honest. So this this movie's kind of revolutionary. And that is Ma from 2019. But yeah, I kind of jumped the gun on that one because I've been wanting to, we've been wanting to record Ma for the longest time, but there's been distractions, there's been scheduled jumps and everything, and uh, so so Ma's been a difficult one. But for you YouTube people, we do have some nice little Ma backgrounds. Like, look, Ma's looking at me in the window. Hey, Ma, thanks for the ride, lady. So <laughs> I know. Yeah. I have the Michael Myers Ma. Yeah, yeah. So she's she's got the Creep Show too, Ma. Aid, you've got the Silence of the Lambs Ma, and Mikey's got <laughs> Halloween Ma. Oh my God. I know, you know, and I'm so glad that you, you recommended this because I didn't even think about it until you said it. And I'm like, this is perfect for women's March because Octavia Spencer, like she does a really good job. Like she's always in movies and she plays these characters and you usually like her. Right. But she is all over the fucking place. And I know we'll get into that in a little bit. So I don't want to jump the gun or whatever, but yeah, I'm so happy that we're doing that this month. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Mikey? Uh, now, this is a controversial one because I feel like a lot of people watch this movie and like, oh, she didn't kill anybody until the hour and a half mark. Now, did you, what did you expect when you first watched this? Because the trailer kind of throws you off to make it seem like a, like a crazy slasher, like a campy slasher. When I watched the trailer, I thought it was one of those unhinged persons slowly starting to spiral into a dark type of mental space that then is taken out upon... A bunch of teens, which it does happen, but the flow of the movie is a lot different than a typical hack and slash, where, like you said, everything happens at the end. We don't get like a one on one chase scene or like these kids run into Ma on their own and Ma kills them. It's different, but in a way that's good because how many of the movies do we already have that tackle that kind of format? And to Aid's point, it's so good to see Octavia Spencer, who is like a powerhouse of an actress, take on this role in a horror film. And watching the special features on the Blu-ray that I bought, she talks about how the director called her because the, direct, the director and Octavia Spencer and even Allison Janney worked together in on The Help. And he was like, Octavia, I have a horror film for you. And she said, do I die in the first 15 minutes? Cause I know what happens to black people in horror movies. And he says, no, not only do you live, but you're doing the killing. And that's the, when she was like super interested in doing the film. Oh yeah. I don't blame her. Like, I mean, granted it is a slow spiral um, out of control at the end, but I felt like this movie, like when I watched it, it's almost like if Carrie was, was middle-aged and she didn't have special powers and she kind of did this later on in like her midlife <laughs> crisis, you know what I mean? Like if Carrie grew up. <laughs> well, yeah, it's interesting because I, I like that you compared her to Carrie because we know that Carrie has gone through some trauma. The thing is with Ma is that you don't find out about this trauma. You slowly find, slowly start to figure these little things out as we go along, right? And then we see her do all of these, you know, like she's always off in another world. Like she always wants to be something else, right? She 
she targets these kids and we slowly figure out why she's targeting them because, you know, of their parents. And you know, it almost makes it seem like throughout the film that they are just like a bully to her, like they ignore her and they just treat her like shit. But then you find out what they do to her. And it's almost as if at that point you totally like the whole movie, I'm cringing. Like, why is she behaving this way? Why is she doing this? What's going on the entire film? And then when you find out why, because I don't think we get like I sort of kind of uh, compared her to Kathy Bates in mm -hmm. Misery. Right. Be but we never really know why Annie acts this way. We just know she's a fucking nut. When we figure out why Ma behaves this way or Sue Ann, whatever, then you sort of kind of empathize with her because it is disgusting what they did to her in high school and yes. it's I, I you know and kids are disgusting anyways and they're cruel and they're mean but I mean you could get away with it back then because there were no smartphones there were no things to document the, what happened right the kids were just bullying her and it wasn't like it went viral so they probably none of them got in trouble if she didn't say anything right and so it was just they all remember this terrible thing from high school. And, you know, I think that with this type of film, the fact that they have all of the, it's not just Octavia Spencer. We have all these amazing people in this film. We have Alice and Janney. We have Juliette Lewis. We have Luke Evans. I mean, everybody who plays these characters, you know, these other people in the film that Ma has an issue with, they're all like recognizable people. And, I don't know how they, I don't know how they got all these people to do this movie. Like, I mean, I guess, you know, from who they know and whatever, because, you know, if you didn't watch this movie, you would just pass it along. I don't know how many people would watch something called Ma, especially with a black female lead, because people are just like, okay, I can't, whatever. And they just move on. Right. But with this film, like if you pass it along, you are truly missing out on something amazing. And that's my I don't know where I was going with that. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a, that was a well-rounded soliloquy um, <laughs> on Ma. I mean, man, this is getting uh, analytical. I didn't bring my uh, notes with me, but you get an A plus. I give you an A plus <laughs> on you. your presentation. Uh, so, yeah. So, so going back to Ma, like, like you said, it's kind of a weird one, how it came out. Cause Blumhouse was putting out a lot of those, um, well, when this came out, a lot of those possession movies were out, like those PG-13, Ouija, and, and uh, you know, not paranormal activity, but you know those ones, like kind of like The Conjuring ripoffs, Lyodona, and all that cheap shit. I hate those movies, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, when this came out, it was just totally different, and I see why a lot of people are like, oh, what, what? it's taking so long to get to the action, what's going on? But um, when I saw the trailers for this, in my mind, I built it up to a different movie, and when I saw it, it wasn't what I imagined it to be. I was hoping it would be something else, but I, I still like the movie because um, I mentioned Sleepaway Camp 2 and 3 on the last episode. And I like I would have loved if I was to direct this movie, I would have loved to make her like a, the Angela in Sleepaway Camp 2 and 3 where she's this fun loving like, uh, yeah, let's party. And if you guys don't behave, I'm going to fucking rip your guts out. huh? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like that could have been a lot of fun, but. She gets there later on, um, but you realize she's kind of like this whole uh, she has like almost like a Freddy backstory with like the she's getting back at the kids of the parents. Yeah, I, um, I had that connection too with Freddy Krueger. Yeah, yeah. But you want to know what's scary, too. I mean, as as crazy as Ma is, uh, like what the bullies did, she's also like, kind of creepy, too, because there's some uh, I know the actors aren't underage, but there's some underage scenes where she's, where she's like pulls the gun out and she's telling the guy to strip naked. I'm like, you know, that's a sex crime. So. <laughs> 
Well, even at the end when she makes out with the boy. Yeah, the son. Yeah. And it's just, I'm screaming. Like, you know, I was watching, I watched this, I watched this, I started it before I left for my trip and then I came back and watched the rest. And I'm yelling. I'm like, oh my God, like what? (laughs) Because, you know, I'm a teacher. I'm around teenagers. Like never in a million years. It's just almost like she's projecting this sort of, um, this childlike mentality that's taken over her. And she's getting all of the popularity that she never received when she was a teenager. Now she has it. And she has it with the very children of the people who tormented her. And so mm-hmm. it's sort of like a power thing. I mean, everything that she does with her daughter, for example. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is very much like that true case of. Oh, with the. Um, I know the one where the, she t- tells the girl to have cancer and she doesn't have cancer. She keeps her in a wheelchair even so. though she's not sick. Gypsy mm-hmm. Rose, that's her name. What is it? Munchausen by a proxy, right? Yeah. Real quick to your point to kind of go back to your misery comparison. Did you see the Easter egg of misery when she goes into the house, when Ma goes into the house after the two girls snuck in and she notices the cats have been moved? Oh, She's like, yes. who moved these cats? So yeah, that was uh-huh. like a little nod <laughs> to misery. But really what makes this movie unique, and I think it works and it may not work for other movies, is that it plays out like a novel. We talked about how it takes so long to get to an action, but that doesn't mean that nothing's happening in the beginning. Mm -hmm. My favorite part of the whole thing, and I don't know of any other horror movie that does this, is we've had a lot of, you know, movies about people that have wanting secretly to get revenge and they're hell-bent on just seeing, you know, revenge happen. And so... There's times where Ma is looking out into the distance or looking at the kids from her workplace, and you can tell she's in her own world and she's thinking about what she's going to do. And, you know, in some movies, it's like that's kind of scary. But this one's kind of comical because there's multiple times where Alice and Jamie, who's her boss, is like, what the fuck are you doing? And it like, and she doesn't acknowledge her. She's still like in a daze, but like Alice and Jamie is like how anybody would react in real life. And it's really funny to me because it's like the movie is allowing you to see the mental state of Ma, but also giving you the point of view of someone just viewing it from the outside and being like, what the fuck is she doing? (laughs) And I loved it. It made me laugh so much. Yeah. And another crazy thing, too, this movie, it takes place in Ohio. So go figure. Uh, you know, in Ohio, there's not much to do besides plotting revenge. Um, <laughs> but uh, this movie, like, was one of the f- few movies that, like, I, I who who wrote this one? The Tate Taylor. Um, um, let's see. No, uh, he was, Scotty Landon. Yeah, he was just a director. Yeah, the, yeah. So this guy must have worked a real job because one thing I can't stand is like when you watch movies, Hollywood movies, and uh, like they're 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 supposed to be people in an everyday life situation. Like I felt like this one actually like the person who wrote it worked in a day job. You know what I mean? It's like, what are you doing? Why haven't these dogs been prepped? What are you doing, Sue Ann? Yeah. You know what I mean? Put uh, the fucking phone and it's down. Like the, <laughs> yeah, and it's like you go to the office, you're you're on your phone, you're gonna get yelled at, and the break room's depressing and stuff. And then uh, she's you know she's walking home and, and everything from like that liquor store. I don't know. I just feel like this got the 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 day job aspect down really well with like the boss that she's not a bad. Allison Janney's not a bad boss. She's just kind of. Honestly, like, wouldn't any you, you said anyone would do that? What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, prep these dogs. Yeah. yeah, and any other person probably would have fired her, right? 
And yeah. so I think that it's it's interesting that she works for another woman and this woman gives her the benefit of the doubt. Like, you know, the one time uh, she, what the fuck are you doing? And she's like, I'm sorry, I'm fighting a migraine. And she's like, what is it? We get a horse tranquilizer and get yeah. back on, you know, like, you know, Alice and Jenny like gives her the, the leeway because I think she does have some sort of, I don't know. She has a, I don't think she's a bond with Sue Ann, but she has empathy for this woman. Albeit, I don't know if, if anyone really knows about her daughter and what her daughter is going through, but it, she can sort of tell that Ma's going through something. Right. Yeah. So while she's saying, what the fuck are you doing? She still gives her the opportunity to have a job. And then one time she tells her like, go home, you're pissing me off, but she still has a job. Yeah. Like it's a good job. She's got a good fucking job. Like what is, you know, I, the thing is, is with this is it's, it's really sad because what has triggered her and we know what's triggered her, but obviously there's a lot of mental health issues behind this, not, not just what the kids did to her. I'm sure that pushed her over the edge. Right. But for her husband to leave her, for her to do. And did her husband leave her? Or is it implied that she killed him? I think she killed him. I, yeah. I had that debate in my head when I was watching it. I didn't come to a conclusion, but I feel like <laughs> it could go either way. Well, you want to know what no, it was never mentioned in the movie. It wasn't even hinted, but there's a few shots where it's like a drone shot of her house. Like when the whole house is catching on fire at the end. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> There's like a tombstone or something in her backyard. Oh, I didn't know. Oh. That. Like a headstone. Good catch, Doug. Yeah, I saw it like that's what happens when you watch it in 4K. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's pa. Well, yeah, it's yeah, that's a sequel, pa. <laughs> Honestly, I, <laughs> I'd love to see a sequel to this Ma 2 Sloppy Seconds like where she goes oh to God. a uh, like like it would be like Jack Frost 2. She goes to Puerto Rico or like an island getaway. And her face is all burnt up and stuff. Well, they had. So did you she, see the alternate ending? Uh, I don't think I did. No, the alternate ending. It's her walking back into the veterinary, but you just see her from behind. Her neck is all burnt up and she takes horse tranquilizers with her. Now, I'm no psychiatrist, but from what <laughs> I've been gathering, watching the special features and hearing Octavia talking about what's going on with Ma, um, it seems like the trauma of what happened to her as a teenager because it's a big deal like mm -hmm. it to some people it might seem like oh haha ha, you know and so just so everyone is up to speed in case you haven't seen ma she has a crush on the popular boy in school he hits on her arranges a meetup in the janitor closet the popular girls giving her advice on how to perform oral sex on men and she goes in the janitor's closet and she blows him ultimately she leaves and everybody's there laughing at her, even the popular guy, and it turns out that she was with this nerdy guy the whole time. Like, not to be a downer or anything, but that's a form of rape. Like, yeah, that well, that is rape. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, yeah, like you. So yeah, and to me, it's very traumatic because you you're you just you didn't have a say in something that you thought you had a say in, and it's extremely and especially for her, she's all innocent. You know, she was the nerdy homely girl who probably has never even kissed a boy to you know do that like i feel yeah. like her trauma from that stopped her from mentally developing further than that because even when she starts making friends and having parties she's wearing things that she thinks are cool based on the time frame when she was a teenager she's doing yeah. the robot she's wearing those little page boy hats i don't know what they're called 
my mom used to wear them and I was like, stop wearing that fucking hat. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I think that's where her mental state comes from to where she sees herself as an equal with these kids. Yeah, that's 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 pretty crazy. Because the thing is, like, you got to you got to think, too, this was a small Ohio town again. And, uh, you know, for something like that, everyone was out in the hallway laughing. So I'm sure word spread fast and you're still living in that small town and you're an adult now. You know, they're probably still ribbing her for that. They're like, oh, the girl that gave the blowjob to the nerd in the closet. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that really stuck. So I don't know. It's just from what I was trying to figure out. So the the guy who was the dad of the boy, he didn't realize that was Sue Ann until like he went to the vets. Right. Or did he know that she was living in that town the whole time? I yeah. feel like he knew because he knew where she lived. He was putting on this whole act so that he can confront her about why his son is going to her house all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm. And again, he he fools her. Right. He. Is always in control. And and I'm not saying that he's not justified with this point. Because at this point, you know, he's an adult. Yes, what he did was heinous. Yes, what they all did. That was really, that's really fucked up. I I can't even. And and you know, it it kind of reminds me of something with Never Been Kissed, right? Do you remember Never Been Kissed? I don't know what I'm talking about that. but Well, you know, she's in it. Who? Oh, she had Never Been Kissed? Yes, I don't know where, but when I was going through her IMDb, because later on I want to give a shout out for all the horror things that she's been in, Never Been Kisses in there. And I was like, oh, I don't remember her, but she's in it. But go ahead. Oh, no, I'm going to have she to. Grew up, she grew up to be Ma. It's the same character. <laughs> well, I know, right? It's That's why I exactly. Drew Barrymore is now no. But, you know, with that movie, and the thing is, that movie's a comedy, and it's still really fucking heinous what they did to her. Like, they basically. They lured her in like the popular boy liked her. He was going to take her to prom. And then she's waiting for him on the porch and he comes out of the limo and he's egging her on the porch and she starts crying. And I remember watching that with my mom years ago. And my mom was like sitting there with tears in her eyes. And she's like, that's terrible. At the time, I didn't think anything of it because I was a kid. Right. So I'm like, oh, they just did a prank on her. Oh, well, like no big deal. Because I think at at the same time, too, I'm not saying that the kids are justified with their actions, but they don't really understand the brevity or, or the the dangers of what they're doing, right? Or the gravity of what they're doing, excuse me. And so they don't because kids are very self-involved. They really are. And, you know, if you remember being a kid and me dealing with them all fucking day, they literally only care about themselves. And so I don't, I'm not excusing this behavior, but the thing is, is with something like Never Been Kissed, like this was marketed as a comedy, but that is really sickening. Like they really did bully this poor girl. And it's just, it's all, I mean, you know, because nowadays if you did that in real life, I mean, we've seen, especially with the the internet trolling and all of that, you know, kids are killing themselves over this shit. Right. So it's really sad. And I just think that I, 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 I like that you mentioned that she didn't, that she didn't really evolve from that because how, how do you bounce back from that? Is it something that you can go to your parents, especially at that time frame? Is it something that you can talk to your parents about? Yeah. And not only is it a type of rape, but it is a very intimate kind of rape because with, you know, oral sex and that sort of thing, like, I mean, we know, like you're using your face, like your face is like, you know, I have no idea. I am a lady. And Oh, well, I'm just, just saying. I'm just kidding. It's like okay. you ever eat a fried cucumber at the fair. <laughs> wow. Usually they should have had that line in the movie. Uh, 
Oh my God. I know, Doug. Why don't you write more scripts? <laughs> I tried to, and they ended up turning into shitty movies that I make myself. <laughs> I think you should just send something to Bloomhouse, especially now that they're, you know, following us. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay. There you go, Bloomhouse. I got them for Your you. remake of Ma. Oh, you know, it's like, it's like Ma at the beginning. And like, what? <laughs> I would love to, like, honestly, Ma is such a fascinating character. Like, there's, I'd love to see Ma 2. Like, Ma 2 on a tropical island. That's, 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 that's the best, son. <laughs> could do a lot with that, so. With, okay, so for 2019, like, that was a big year. Because I looked up all the movies. So, can we just talk about what happened around that time? Because Ma's part of it. And I feel like Ma, mm-hmm. I forgot, I was looking at the budget earlier. Sorry, I'm, I'm slacking a little bit, guys, because as you all probably saw on my Facebook story as I was in Puerto Rico, because I made sure that I shoved it in everybody's face every day. Oh, and sorry. Um, <laughs> sorry, not sorry. But yeah, so it, it had a budget of $5 million in the box office. I mean, $61.2 million, which is pretty good for a horror film. Oh, that's great. Right? Yeah. The, Jason Blum's sitting there fanning his He's, nuts to this here. He fanned both his nuts because... <laughs> Like, I mean, it has a very good cast. I think it's very well written for a Blumhouse film, especially considering like, I mean, I do like The Conjuring, but a lot of the Blumhouse films are just the stupid ass kids on their smartphones and they get picked off one by one and they're all PG-13. So there's no real like, like, oh, my God, like nothing is nothing stands out is what, you know, I mean, they're made to make money and they do make money because the thing is, is is they're targeting the teens, and I just want to say this: me teaching them, like they can't, they can't wait to see all of the horror movies, right? Like that's their that's their shtick. They love going. The teenagers do love to go see horror movies, and they can't get into rated R films if they're under a certain age. So the only thing they can see is anything PG thirteen. So I think that there, obviously, there is a a market for this, and the Blumhouse people are very smart for targeting this audience because these are the kids that are still going to movies. Yeah. You know, your parents, they, their parents drop them off or they go and you know, whatever they're doing in the movie theater, I'm sure they're making out whatever, but they're still paying to go see these movies. Right. So, but like, if you look at what came out that year, it's ridiculous. It's like all of these movies that came out and I just lost my tab. Well, while you, while you look at that, I just want to say, I want to, I want to nerd out and see where that five, five million or five billion, no, five million. Five million. Yeah, I was like, wait, I, I, because that's Ma in space. Yeah, we have so many like heavy actors here that how do you pay all of them? And yeah, well, IMBD and I think Wikipedia, five million dollars. Yeah, it's just strange because I would assume that would be like just Octavia Spencer's fee. For the I probably did it as like a favor for each other. Like Octavia Spencer's like, oh, I'm doing the horror movie. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're unless, all friends. We'll do it. Unless for- it was just a quick shoot. I don't. Yeah, I think with the Blumhouse movies, they're they're like they they're like factory movies, right? They're in and they're out. They, I'm sure they don't spend a lot of time. Like, let, I mean, let's go back over. Sorry, I, need I don't a, have I need everything a, in one spot. <laughs> M- Mr. Blumhouse, because I know you listen. I need to itemize receipts. I know. <laughs> well, I I mean, I'm trying to look and see like how long it took to film it. I don't think it took long at all. I mean, it had a five million dollar budget online. It has a cult following. It was released in May, on May 31st, 2019. It started filming in February 2018 and wrapped up in March 2018. So oh, February like to March, uh, it took a month to film it. <laughs> wow. So, I mean, and again, because if you think about it, 
is there a lot of stuff going on, even because even the, the house burning down at the end, that's all CGI. So yeah, it was like just, that it's heavy story driven. So it probably is not going to take that long. Yeah, I don't mind that it's heavy story driven. I think oh, it, yeah, I no, think for a, this case it works. Yeah, I'm sorry, Doug. I cut you off. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just saying like yeah, it is very story driven. But that's what I like about it is that this is so different from a lot of the Blumhouse stuff. Because honestly, I had the biggest like taint in my mouth from uh, Black Christmas. Uh, <laughs> big, that, old <laughs> well, big old taint. Big old taint. I was like tainted. Blumhouse was tainting me. <laughs> well, no, I mean he's right. He's using it in the correct context. Well, no, like. You had someone's taint in your mouth the whole time. Uh, you mean like a, a taste of taint? No, I didn't have someone's taint. I had Blumhouse's taint oh. on my tongue. Hey, you know what? <laughs> okay, it, it I, I, I don't know. Happens, Whatever you guys okay? need to get parts. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. See, Mr. Blumhouse, if you're listening. <laughs> uh, but anyway. Um, <laughs> As I was saying, uh, so this one, like Black Christmas really fucked with me. Like, I'm just like, oh, my God, this is so embarrassing. And then I didn't even like Happy Death Day 2. Like, I'm like, this is it's 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 cringe. And so when I saw this, finally, I I, I gave it the benefit of the doubt because I did like the trailer. And then when I saw this, I'm like, you know what? This is like a more adult themed Blumhouse movie. Yeah. Well, it was R. You know what I mean? It was R and you see Dick. So I'm happy. It was rated R. Yeah, you see the guy's dick oh at the God. end. Yeah, this one was rated R. Yeah, <laughs> saw you, you dick just with dick. Yeah. Oh, you weren't paying the attention. Guy at the end, he gets his dick chopped oh, off. Oh yeah. No, he okay. didn't get it chopped off. She almost chopped off, but I'm pretty sure it was a prosthetic dick. Because I'm sure Homeboy is not out there showing his dick for less than five million dollars. I know. Well, I'll do it for free. We know. We um, know. So, see, there you go, Blumhouse. Yeah, but but see, I, she injected him with dog's blood. I thought that was the weirdest thing. Like she was injecting him with dog's well, blood. Well, he was a dog. I was wondering what the the ramifications of that would be. Like, is that bad? Would you die from that? I mean, I know I, he died. Probably get a good he buzz. died because she slit his wrist, but and she was basically saying, "You're a dog, so here's dog's blood." Yeah, I thought that was like a new experimental drug. Let's, let's inject ourselves with dog's blood. Well, that guy they just put the pig's heart into—he just died. Yeah, he deserved to die. Well, his body rejected the pig's heart. My thing is, is if the pig's heart work, then we don't need to wait for somebody to kick the bucket. Wait, was this in the movie or in real life? That's real life. No, in real life. Yeah. Okay, I was like, wait. Do you know why he was in? He got a pig's heart. No. Yeah, I, I heard about the story and I'm like, oh, that sucks. And then I found out the story. He he was denied a heart transplant because he was a criminal um, back in the, I think, the late 70s, early 80s. Him and his wife went to a bar and there was a young guy who was probably like 17 or 18. And um, he went to the bathroom and uh, he came out and the, 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 the kid was talking to his wife. It wasn't anything flirtatious. It was just him talking to the wife and he got mad and he grabbed a steak knife and stabbed him in the neck. A bunch of times and he paralyzed this teenager and he's he's paralyzed to this day um he's in his 40s now i think oh my 40s, god late 50s yeah and that's why he couldn't get a heart transplant because he was a criminal he he ruined a guy's life because i don't have want anybody talking to my wife that's very ma of him <laughs> yeah but so it fits <laughs> if we want to if we want to talk about the parents real quick actually sidebar was anybody else probably not Annoyed at the way that the girl, the teenage girl, said Louie when she was calling for him. I swear she said Louie, Louie. And I was like, oh, she was a little drunk, wasn't she? Got a little lisp in the lip. I don't remember. But I, when she was saying it, I was like, oh, my God, there's an L. <laughs> well, you know, the kids are, you know, they can't talk anymore. <laughs> Maybe she was from Puerto Rico because I know. <laughs> I, because, what is that? 
about to fucking mean Doug. <laughs> because because here, when I took Spanish class, I remember my Spanish teacher was from Puerto Rico, and my other Spanish teacher was from Latin America. So there was como se llama and como se llama. Uh, como se llama. No, se llama. I was gonna say llama. Como se llama. <laughs> yeah, not llama. Yeah. Como se llama and como se llama. Yeah. So there, there could be a little bit of Puerto Rican twang in her, in her Louis. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have no idea about that, but well, that was the thing too because I like I really got upset. Let's rewind because we were sort of touching on this earlier. Is that okay? Yeah, okay. go ahead. Do your thing, honey. Okay. So we were talking about movies that came out in 2019. So we have, we have us, which is you know, I, I almost said. I'm not going to say it, but we know who it is. It's uh, Jordan Peele. Sorry. I don't know why. I was just thinking of um, Tyler Perry, and I'm like, why oh am God. I thinking of Tyler Perry? <laughs> well, technically, Tyler Perry did make a scarier movie. He made Boo Medea 2. Well, I was like, but yeah, if you ever watched a Tyler Perry movie, like it gets so fucking intense, like even his shows, like it's all funny, you're laughing your ass off, and then all of a sudden it gets like super dramatic and like it's like bipolar. I'm like, where yeah, the fuck did that like, come from? <laughs> it's it's like slapstick and then it turns into like a novella, like a Spanish novella. I'm like, what the hell? Like people are dying getting in a car accident and <laughs> I know. drama. Like Tyler Perry, we're supposed to be laughing. Like, what the fuck? Okay. So we have us and then we have 47 meters down. I live I really did like us. I don't know why everyone talks shit about it, but we'll talk about that later. Oh, I like it more I, than get out. I mean, Jordan I think Peele's stuff, I think us was amazing. I, yeah, you know, well, what's her name is in it too? That I, who I love, um, Lupita Nyong. Yeah, well, Lupita is in it, but the who's the white girl from the the oh, show where um, they they lock all the women up? What is that? And um, she's from Invisible Man. Yeah, or yeah, you know what I mean. What, yeah. What's her? Why can I? What am I losing? The one who was married to Tim and Eric, or Tim? She's right? a Scientologist, so you know she's probably oh, she? like crying for yeah, she's crying for help and all of these things, right? And that's terrible. It's a women's march. I'm over here giving her shit. Yeah. Anyways, geez. she's in Mad Men. <laughs> we all know why. Can I? Th- Somebody over her like tell me her name really quick. But anyway, so we have that. Forty-seven meters down. Three from hell came out the air. Black Christmas. Obviously, <laughs> that's there's there's the taint. That's, yeah, the big old taint because that movie fucking sucks. Like I I'm sorry, but as a feminist, as a woman, like why is that movie? Why does that movie exist? I don't even know. I'll have to disagree. Her name is Elizabeth Moss, and Black Christmas was not a bad movie in my opinion. It was a terrible. Uh, no no no. It was a terrible Black Christmas movie. If it was something completely untitled Black Christmas, I would have been okay with it. Okay. I can okay, see that. You're still wrong, but <laughs> I I see where you're. I I'm picking up what you're putting down. My issue with Black Christmas, and we talked about this before. Remember, Doug, on one drunken Christmas night, uh, <laughs> we all talked about it. And, oh, I remember this. <laughs> which I had my Christmas uh, my Christmas tree up in the background. It was really cute. Yeah. So with my problem with it is that it is a. And again, I do not like films that are trying to be feminist, where they try to portray feminism of what they think feminism is. Feminism is not that. Women do not do that. There is no like girl shouting at some guy. There's no girl pulling out her diva cup and tossing it in front of other. Nobody does that. <laughs> Gay men. Do. Well, I, I feel like the whole movie was written by uh, that 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 girl from the Texas Chainsaw uh, <laughs> on Netflix. Like, I felt like the entire cast. Like, it was, I felt like they just ripped. 
the script was written by a bunch of Twitter comments in a thread. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if if that guy really, if the guy assaulted her, like, why are they doing a little song and dance? Like, I would have made sure. If, if anything, like, stop fucking with the professor. They should have gotten that kid thrown out of school. That kid should be in jail. That kid should be, like, Brock Brock Hudson and shamed for all eternity and, sh- you know, and never going to get a job. I'm going to have to live with his mommy and daddy who fucking defend his their rapist son because this is the kind of people who raise rapists because, oh, my God. Anyways, Women's <laughs> March. So we have Crawl. Which, okay, Crawl, I think, is such a good movie. We should probably think Us, about that yeah. for Patreon. Because it's fun. I love Crawl. It is yeah, so besides good. Alligator, that's the best Alligator movie, you know? Oh, How dare so, you? So, yes. Well, yes, now, Alligator's <laughs> good, but, I mean, Crawl is so fucking good. And it takes place in Florida. And she she went to UF, which is, I mean, dance school, so I have to give it that. But, you know, because of the Gators, go Gators! And then... Mm-hmm. Um, Woohoo, whichever, you know, like if you're if you live in Florida, you either nobody likes UCF. I'm a knight. Everybody hates us. They think we're crap. But there's like FSU, which are the Seminoles, or you have the Gators. And so I feel like FSU is a little culturally appropriated at this point. So maybe we should think of something else besides the Seminoles and all of these white boys running to the games and like feathers and painted faces. Uh-oh. But <laughs> So maybe, you know, we should stick with the gator. We need to cut this out. I'm being a bitch today. Anyways, so we have. I like it. This is spicy aid right after vacation. Aid. I know. Well, yeah, it's because my skin is still on fire. I literally cooked myself. Oh, my God. So we have Child's Play, which is it. Doug loves Child's Play. So we have that one, which is the 2019 Child's Play. We have Brightburn. Mm-hmm. Brightburn wasn't bad. Oh, okay. I don't remember that I one. The, the was the movie. alien. No, Brightburn was really good, but I thought you were talking about Burning Bright with the tiger. No, no, not that one. No, um, the Brightburn with the, the kid who's actually an alien, and they got the spacecraft in the barn. Yeah, the bad. Oh, and he has the, the elephant trunk man. The bad Superman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That no, that movie actually... actually scared me because I've always thought about that watching superhero movies, like, oh, this is all cool until he doesn't like you. Yeah. So like he that's he's like cool. a yeah he's like a sadistic crazy and then he kills his parents and everything i think i especially like if you they took him in and they raised him and oh my god so Brightburn was pretty good veronica came out i still haven't seen it uh yeah uh pet cemetery vivarium so uh, midsummer came out that year so we have the shed the shed was good did you guys watch the shed the one with the vampire yeah but the vampire yeah. in the shed i liked yeah, it i, I didn't think one. it was bad i thought it was pretty good it was good so and dr sleep so and La Llorona. So okay, so we have a lot of Blumhouse movies just in 2019. So it just shows you like these people are just pumping shit out. Yeah. So for Mod to come out of that muddled mess is just, I think I, I will give them credit because they actually put time into Ma. They put mm-hmm. time into the acting. They put time into the writing. They put time into the storyline. They put time into the who they chose because I think all of the kids do a very good job as sort of portraying like where what they're supposed to represent right we got the bitchy girl we got the the sweet the sweet girl who moved into town oh like she doesn't know what she's doing and then we have you know the 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 innocent main boy who was who you know he was he's a little mousy i wouldn't have picked him i would have picked the other one who's who got his his torso burned with the iron but what oh he's over here I know. I that part. Didn't she say that? She's like, now you can't flex your abs because you're gonna have a big triangle burn on there. Yeah, that oh, was. The, the 
when she puts white face on the black kid when it's that was fucked up i mean i know she's black but like that to me and i'm not saying like oh it shouldn't have been the movie but to me that was the most fucked up thing she did when she was like there can only be one of us i was like Damn. If I have a choice between getting burned with an iron, getting cut, getting stabbed, or getting white face paint, I'm like, give me the well, white no, face I paint, don't please. mean in terms of, like, pain and, like, bodily harm. I just mean, like, the message. <laughs> like, that's deep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The yeah. message, and I honestly think that, imagine him, He's he knows he's the only black kid in the group, and then he wakes up with that in his face. Yeah. Like, he already has to deal with this shit every day. And then she does that to him. So and it's like, that was something that I asked myself when I was watching the movie, because everything she says out loud, why she's doing it. And it makes sense. But I don't I, I was wondering where that came from, that like there can only be one of us. So I'm going to paint your face white. It was just it was really thought provoking. Like, I think it was it was interesting to have that be what she does to um, I forgot his name. The Dante. Um, I don't Daryl. Daryl yeah, was Daryl. Um, it was interesting that they chose her to do that to Daryl, and I was just wondering, like, I wanted to know where it came from. Well, maybe, uh, maybe it stems back to the whole group. Like, like she was like the only black girl, I think, in the in the group of friends that teased her. So, well, she wasn't even a part of that group. She was just the nerd. She was just. Maybe it's like a, a a thing of like Hollywood script writing for token black characters. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, a jab at that's them. That's usually what they say. Is like, yeah, yeah, a jab at that. That's what, that's how I saw it. Yeah, I mean, I, it's clearly a commentary, especially considering that it's it's just it's just the way that she does it, and also too because we have a lot of issues with people doing blackface, right? Especially even nowadays, and we're in twenty twenty two, and people are still doing it. It's it's sickening. It's whatever. It's this. It's that. You know, we think that it might be the less severe punishment, but I think it is a punishment that is meant to humiliate him and make him feel the way that she felt that all these white kids made her feel. But I mean, I can't speak on that. Obviously, I'm not black, but I'm not white either. So I, whatever. I'm, well, you know, I'm interesting sidebar. I was <laughs> I was reading in the trivia that they said that Ma was originally written for a white woman. And to me, that was kind of weird because I was like, how do you write something specifically for a white woman? But what I understand more is that when Octavia Spencer showed interest in the role and took it, the director modified some things with Octavia Spencer to make it more like attuned to what she would think a black woman would go through. So I thought that mm-hmm. was cool. But at first I was like, how do you write something for a white woman? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Honestly, I'm so happy Octavia Spencer did this because it was... Because uh, she's in Halloween too, the Rob Zombie yes. one. I think she does a. She, she's kind of a scream queen now. Now she's a killer, and she was killed. She's the best thing of Halloween too. Like she has, like I think she's super adorable, but she can make these faces that are terrifying. Because in Halloween mm-hmm. too, she gets stabbed, and you can like just see her face of terror, and like it infects you with that same terror. And she didn't do that in this one, but in this one, she just has very sinister faces that just make you feel uneasy. But I think she's super adorable, and I love it, and I love her iconic wig, and I'm here for it. Yeah, she is super adorable. She's like honestly, the thing that made me like, I remember the first time I seen this, what made me the most like, I don't really know the word, but like kind of creeped out by her character was when like it was like midway in the movie when they're like, "We're not hanging out with you anymore, Ma," and she's just texting them and calling them and calling them, and I'm like, "Oh my god, this is like." This is like real life stuff. 
uh, you know, which is scary. It's like, man, the, 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 she knows where you live and everything. I'm like, I'd be afraid to have someone like her, like constantly trying to stalk me and stuff, you know? Well, you know, and then when she lies about having cancer, I, to me, yeah. I was thinking back and I was like, we knew someone like this in high school, not like that they were older, but like there was that person that needed that attention that needed like a sociopath. Yeah, yeah. And then they would do anything to get you to come back to them and to like accept them. And so it was, it made me cringe, but that was what it was supposed to do. You weren't supposed to be like, Oh, you know? Yeah. She's kind of like the human version of like Eric Cartman or something. <laughs> oh my you know? God. It's kind of, if you think about it. Um, I, the thing is, is that, I, Oh God, Eric Cartman. <laughs> My the thing I love that you touched on that with with the phone calls and everything with her be and and then doing the whole thing with the cancer because she knows enough about them that she knows what's going to tug on their heartstrings and catch their attention knowing that the kids the one kid she's in love with why, why can't I think of his Andy Andy's mm-hmm. mother died of cancer so oh, she yeah. knew at the very least that she was going to to manipulate him with that and that's why she did it right but even keeping her daughter under wraps like my thing is with the whole thing with her daughter it's it's an issue with control she has control over her daughter she knows her daughter is not going to be the popular girl and her daughter she can't live through her daughter so what what could she do to keep her daughter out of it right and she even does her daughter's hair like her yeah like that bad little bob you know (laughs) so i just my thing is is that it's just everything that she does is intentional it serves a purpose to what is going to serve what her what she wants her outcome to be and so i just i don't know if we can say that she hasn't developed past a child because like even just at the by the end She's got Alice and Janney, poor things, in the damn dog cage, dead. She dead. Like, I know she she ends up she runs off she runs off the one chick with the unibrow from Dodgeball. I can't think of her name. Mercedes oh, is her name. Missy Pyle. Yeah, Missy. Well, what? Why the hell are they calling this white girl Mercedes? I can't even. But whatever. Well, uh, it's probably for that good joke. He's like, I'm more of a Porsche guy myself. <laughs> Like, they should have at least found a Hispanic actress for that, but whatever. And then, like, then she runs her off the road. And what did she call her? Cunt? Yeah. She called her cunt. That was fine. (laughs) But you know what? I kind of felt like, okay, because we had the flashback of her at the school and everything that happened. And then she runs her off the road. I'm like, okay, yeah, she is a fucking cunt. Good for her. (laughs) A little bit. (laughs) I was a little bit in her corner. She didn't really run her off the road. She just rent. Yeah, oh, I, she fucking killed her so yeah. good. <laughs> she flattened her. That bitch deserved it, though. Sorry. But going going back did, to what yeah. you were saying about the way she treats her daughter, I was thinking about it also because I have a five-year-old that's about to start pre-K, and I wasn't really bullied in high school besides the typical, like, what everybody experiences here and there, you know. Um, but I have a huge fear that my five-year-old is going to get bullied. And that you know like you don't know how you're going to take it you don't know what you're going to do because you don't want your kid to feel that way you don't want someone to strip your kid down emotionally and like make them feel like they're nothing it's like one of the biggest fears i have as a parent and i do think that that is what was overtaking ma 
Ma's fears and why she wanted her basically to be homebound so mm. she didn't have to go through that. Oh, that's that is a very interesting take on that because. I didn't think that at all, but I, I, I didn't think that either. I totally get where you're coming from though. Yeah. Yeah. Cause in, in a Mrs. White kind of way, she did make some comments about like, they're going to make fun of you. Your hair's coming out. We're going to have to buzz it. They're going to make fun of you when she says she wants to go back to school. And then uh, I know you guys probably didn't watch it, but I watched some deleted scenes and in the original or the alternate ending, she's there hanging out with a group of friends and she's actually living with, um, Juliet Lewis and her daughter, I forgot what their names are. Um, and she has like really pretty hair. She has makeup on. They go to the rocks, whatever it's called. So she ends up becoming one of them at the end. But they took that ending out. <laughs> well, she, but mm. the thing is, is the daughter had the potential for that, though. And that's mm-hmm. that's what pisses me off is that she took that away from her. Yeah. Whether it be, be her fears or whatever. The daughter had a lot of potential of making friends. And even the daughter knew at some point, I can't live like this. Yeah. So anyways, Doug, I cut you off. What were you going to say? Um, I lost my train of thought, but uh, <laughs> go ahead with what you're saying. It'll, it'll pop up in my head soon. Well, OK, so I, I I thought that it was good with that. By the end, I love that she had a different which, you know, was pretty obvious, but she had a different way of tormenting each of the kids to get at them. Right. You know, the one girl with the big mouth, she said her mouth shut. She did all of these things, you know, she, the kid with the body, she made sure she maimed his body. The black kid, she did the white face, but then she goes and hangs the girl. And I'm just thinking, was Juliette Lewis, and maybe I missed it, was Juliette Lewis's character, was she a bully to her? She or- was her friend. She just blamed her for not stopping what was happening. Yeah. And I don't know if, if they showed... Juliet Lewis as a teen in part of the group watching it go down, but it insinuated that she may have known and didn't do anything about it. Yeah. So she was complacent. And so, and, and she, I think she even mentions that at the end, I'm sorry, I didn't stop him. I'm sorry. I didn't do anything about it to defend you or whatever. I think it's implied that Juliet Lewis is also sort of bullied too, because even when she comes back into town, when she's at the casino and Mercedes is talking all the shit to her and like she's drunk and she's being a complete belligerent and even Luke Evans knows this bitch is way out of line and throws the chip at her right for her tip. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, like Juliet Lewis was part of it, but she was part of it because she just let them, con- you know, control the situation. Like she wasn't one of the tormentors or the antagonizer. Antag- is that a word? The antagonist. But she was also not going to not be a part of that. So she just sort of kind of let them run all over her. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I will say this, I think it's such a good moment in the movie when she does find out that her daughter was, was at Ma's and drinking and she's screaming at her, go in your room and you're going to do this. You're gonna do that. Because I would have to say that like, I would have be like, I would have beat her ass. Like, what the fuck are you thinking? Like, you don't even know this, but like, we just go into some lady's house and even know her. And in the first night you're there, she pulls a gun on somebody and makes them strip. And these kids are just so fucking self-involved that they don't even realize like this is a very, very, very volatile situation. Red flags, like no red flags. <laughs> yeah, and they're underage drinking too. I mean, that's that's a felony, isn't it? Getting well, she, I don't that, know that's a felony. I, I, was, I was drinking underage, so I don't know. Well, we were all drinking underage, but she's supplying it and she's 
got them. She has control of the situation. She takes their car keys, right? She does all of these things because she wants control of the situation. She knows she can keep them here. How does she get them always back? Oh, it's somebody's birthday. She doesn't really be like all of her desperate messages. She can't really lure them back until it's somebody's birthday. Mm-hmm. And then when it's somebody's mm-hmm. birthday, oh, why did the kids come back? Because it's all about me. Yeah, I can come. Yeah, it's my birthday. See, and there's the carbon go. mentality. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about me. But, uh, but no, I was going to say the whole thing with Juliet Lewis. I, I mentioned this on the smoke break because we, we mentioned Ma. I thought that was Amanda from Saw. And I'm like, oh, she got Botox. <laughs> so that's one thing I, I kept thinking. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. That's not her. She looks just like uh, um, uh, Amanda. No, yeah, no, Amanda. Yeah. That, that chick does not age. Um, what's her name? She was in the blob as well. Yeah, Shawnee Smith. Shawnee yeah. Smith yeah. still looks the same as she did before, which she does look a lot like. Yeah, now that you mention it, there are similarities. But I know Juliette Lewis. I'm actually a big fan of her music. But I will say that watching ma and previously finishing yellow jackets like you can really see her range like julia lewis can really act and oh i love her it's it's so good cape fear love her in cape fear i love her i like her old movies i love her christmas vacation <laughs> from dust till her, dawn <laughs> from dust mm. till dawn i love her when she's a teenager i love her in what's what what's the one with the what's eating gilbert grape like she does she and her father is in Rob Zombie movies. Her father is who's her father? Her he just died recently too. Have y'all heard her her band? Oh yeah. And she does music. I didn't know she was in a band. Yeah. Juliet Lewis and the Lits. Look it up. They're amazing. But go ahead with her father. She okay. she oh. played the mom in the new vacation? Was that who she no, played? She's no, the she was the daughter in Christmas vacation. She's got blonde oh, hair. Co- that's right. She was. Which there was a okay. fun. There I, was a fun trivia when she says we're watching John Hughes movie because she was in the Christmas Vacation that John Hughes did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, which is cute. And then it's funny because her brother in the movie is is uh, you know Leonard from. Why can't I think of people's names anymore? The guy from Roseanne. My, that's what I remember. Yeah, with, you know the guy um, from I know but, what you did last summer to keep it topical. Thank you. Yes. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't I think of Leonard's name? I know him. Oh, um, Johnny Galecki. Yes. And she's in the Connors as Johnny Galecki's girlfriend, Blue, which I find hilarious because uh, she funny. played his sister back in the day. But I, th- I don't think they're that very far in age, age range. So which I well, st- uh, they're kind of just going with the whole metadata for Pornhub now. <laughs> step bros. <laughs> That's what's selling. But yeah, her father's Jeffrey Lewis, and he's in a lot of Rob Zombie films, you know, specifically The Devil's Rejects is what I can think offhand. You know, he's he's the the guy, the Hoss, they called him, right? It was a Hoss, when, you know, the the older man who, you know, the Firefly family, you know, they, they go in the hotel and they they take him and... and it doesn't matter. Anyways, <laughs> he died. He died recently, which I never knew that was her father. But I'm like, oh, that's so great. Like, I think, you know, so it's in the family. Like they do these independent films. So it's like it's like Octavia Spencer's in a Rob Zombie film. Jeffrey Lewis does Rob Zombie films. So and it's weird because it's like even Rob Zombie said he's like, I don't know how I got a, an Academy Award winner to die brutally in one of my films. Like yeah. he even says that at some point. And so. Now he's making a PG movie, yeah. so go figure. And it's all it's all film family because Octavia Spencer right now has been on a couple of shows of Mom with Allison Janney. So, oh god, you, I love when Mom. you like working yeah. with someone, you just like working with someone. <laughs> 
And Allison Jan, can we just talk about Allison Jan? It's women Women's March, and what a fucking mm-hmm. treasure is she? Like, mm-hmm. I love her. I love her in everything she's in. She's so fucking funny. I love her in Ten Things I Hate About You as the principal, and she's writing that romance novel. And every time the kids come and interrupt her, and she gets mad, and I'm like, oh my god, that's me. <laughs> Like, she's so fucking funny. Like Alice, everything she does, everything she touches, like I love her attitude. I love every like, oh my God. Like what was I watching? I was watching The Duff the other day. I had no idea she was in that movie. I'm like, oh my God, it's fucking Alice and Jenny. I fucking love her. Like amazing. <laughs> yeah, she plays like a uh, very sarcastic, very good. Like, you know what I mean? It's like the smart ass comments. Yeah. Like that, that's but I also like I always get confused between actors. Like I said, I, I got confused between uh, you know, Amanda and uh and the, the other one <laughs> um, but i always thought allison janney was looked like tony collette and i'd get the two confused between oh like she like tony collette's like the serious angry one and allison janney's like the sarcastic one they should make a movie where they're sisters and they just bicker on a road trip or something oh i don't God, see that physical connection <laughs> tony collette maybe, and uh, maybe, allison janney maybe tony collette and uma thurman but not allison janney but I, I can see the the similarities between them because they have like long faces. I, I get it, Doug. I get it. Yeah. Well, speak. I mean, my little plug, Woman's March. Tony Collette has been snubbed out of so much. She should have won an award for Hereditary. Like she's one of the best like actresses uh, to me. Uh, Tony Collette is just I love her. like when she did. Yeah. The like Sixth Sense for Christ's sake. She was amazing. Like she I think she was nominated then. They they she does get snubbed. She's like Leonardo DiCaprio. Nobody yeah. wants her to win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well uh that's okay i mean she lived on an infamy now i see people with tattoos and pins of her with the piano wire on her neck ew. like looking like that and so i see people tattoo that on them i see pins and shirts so she lives on it at the horror conventions yeah, yeah. that was that that was a scene oh my god like that yeah. i did not see that coming and i saw it like when you heard it first i think that was such a good scene and this is why you know to say two four right ari aster yeah i think so yeah is that an ari aster film that is that's okay. his first well no his first movie was that meet the Don't, something about the robinsons I know, where with the, the dick and whatnot no, no i can't do it yeah <laughs> oh the one about the dad and the the son the dad and this like the dad rapes this or not no the son the rapes, son the, dad rapes all the, time. the dad oh my god I but that was a short film wasn't it i didn't see it obviously i didn't really want to that, watch it was that, really good but it's a short film it's on youtube yeah yeah well, when we have a moment, I would like to run down Octavia Spencer's resume. Oh, yeah. Horror. I think, Doug, is right now a good good time? Yes, right now is a great time. So go ahead and run that list down. Let's see. Let's feed the audience members the list so they can we're, catch we're up. We're coming on. up on the hour. So okay, perfect. Well, Octavia Spencer is such a great person to have on Women in Horror Month because she's done quite a bit. But I will tell you, I will open with she's had side parts, but I have exciting news coming. <laughs> so at first she was, and this isn't her whole resume. This is just the horror that she's done. She was the landlady in Amer- the American remake of Pulse from 2006. She's a coworker in Drag Me to Hell. She's the most unforgettable part of Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. She's the best friend and coworker in The Shape of Water. She's the grandma in The Witch's remake. And she's Manticore in Disney's Onward. But what I'm most excited about, so obviously she's in Ma also, which is a movie driven by her. Um, but... I don't know many details, but I'm assuming that she's going to have a major role in this just because she comes second in the credits. But she's going to be in Lee Daniels' Demon House, which if we know about the documentary that came out, the true story about the first, I think it's like the first haunting that 
was documented on the news that has police reports. Like people think it's a portal to hell. They're making it into a movie and she's going to be in it. So I'm stoked. Ooh, yeah. I'm excited for that. Yeah. Anything Octavia Spencer does, like seriously, like her horror stuff. She's she's the modern day screen queen. Oh, I'm totally so. into it. And I, I was watching her talk about Ma and she uses the term genre film. And I'm like, okay, I love her because not everybody uses that term. And I know that when people do use that term, that they probably are fans of horror because I haven't really heard that term be said much. So when she said it, I was like, I can't, I can't love her anymore. Yeah, I bet you have a very large Criterion collection, Octavia Spencer, <laughs> when you use terms like that. Yes. Oh, I also think she's doing that to not alienate people, right? Because the first thing, like, there are people that, are, that won't want, like, will not watch horror movies, which mm-hmm. to me is just, it scares me. I, what? Like. <laughs> No, shut up. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't like, think this is very much horror. Like, I don't think Ma's horror. I think Ma's like thrill, Silence of the Lamb style, where contemporary thriller. You know. Oh, I love it's, it. It's, it is one of those thrillers. Like, um, what's the the Glenn Close one? Oh, like Fatal yeah, Attraction. Yeah, it's like yeah. Fatal Attraction, but on a different angle. Hmm. I mean, yes. And, and the thing is, is that I love that we have a woman at the helm because, you know, women are very capable of these things. And also, too, it's like she embodies such a disaster of a character, but does it so perfectly well and just so like nuanced because there are times where you are like oh mom's really cool like i would do i would go to her house i'd hang out there i'd drink there whatever and then there are times where you start to see her shift and she does Mm -hmm. such a good shift at that and this is why i think a slow burn of a film is so good to showcase this kind of character because you can't really like jump into it right you have to slowly start to see her unravel maybe she's not unraveling maybe she's always like this but i think it is for a Blumhouse film to to show this and to have such a good, I, I I'm very impressed and I I didn't even realize it was Blumhouse Doug until Doug said something about it because like I didn't I assumed it was not one. <laughs> well, well, at, at forefront, this feels very A twenty four, doesn't it? Yes. Minus like the teenage drinking, like this feels like an A twenty four movie. So yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, and there's one special shout out for a scene that I want to give. Because the like the first time I saw this, what really just like sent me over the edge, they play the song Lookout Weekends, which mm. I'm of the age when that song came out, I was at the rollercade doing my thing, looking fly as hell. And like that's my jam. Like it's on my Friday playlist. And there's a whole freestyle genre of music that I really like, especially here in South Texas. It was just like it was a big part of my childhood. And I love that song. And so they're playing it in the background when she's at the rocks, when they're doing the flashback, because that's the time frame that they were in. So it's a 90s song. When she is looking in the mirror and she's like putting makeup on and she's singing it to herself. I was like, this bitch is crazy. And this is me in 10 years. Like, yeah, like fog <laughs> machines and laser yes, rays. I love, I love, and I've mentioned this many times before, but I love when horror movies include a song or music that just like sticks with you and they play it at the end for the end credits. And I was like, yes. Yes. Oh, all the memories of that roller disco again. Mm-hmm. Well, we call them mm-hmm. roller kids here. I don't know what a roller disco is. We're at the skating rink. 
<laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, skate uh, roller rinks were in Ohio. I remember that. But um, every time we went there, they just we they're like, "Oh, are you in this team?" I'm like, "I don't know. I'm just skating." They're like, oh, "Okay," because because this is the Special Olympics team. I'm like, "Oh." I remember going to the roller skating rink like that. So I used to skate sometimes on Saturdays and that was special Olympics day, but I didn't know. So they thought I was on the special Olympics team. Oh my God. Doug, what is in Ohio? Like, what is this? That's what I'm saying. Ask Ma the same question. What's there to do in Ohio? Plot revenge. That's it. Or yeah, just bring, just, yeah, just, you know, kids to your house to drink underage. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm sure that happens a lot. Well, funny thing is, uh, now I remember what. Remember when I said I forgot oh, something, oh, and now I remembered us. it. So, if you don't know, because I'm originally from Ohio, and then I'm after the military, I ended up coming to California and staying here. And then me and Yahira were like, you know what? Let's look, California's too expensive, so we moved to Ohio for about a year and a half, and I fucking hated it because I, I went off nostalgia and things of like, like, oh, I remember, uh, you know, doing this in the snow. But when you become an adult. It's not the same. And driving in the snow fucking sucks. Everybody is addicted to heroin out there because there's nothing to do. There ain't jack shit. And there's a line in this movie that kind of, I don't want to say triggered me, but like got me. I'm like, uh uh oh, like uh, they said the exact same thing to me in real life that what they said in this movie. Remember when she goes and she's working as the cocktail waitress at, at the casino? She says, oh, I thought I thought you went to California and you were going to make it big, you know, and now you're back here. Like I I had people that said that. And I'm like, just because you go to California doesn't mean you're going to make it big or whatever. Like it's that's the mentality. It's like, oh, you coming from California. So you you failed at your skills. <laughs> I know. I cringe at that, too. Yeah. And they, they said that in this movie. And, I'm, and to me, I'm just like, oh, my God. I mean, this is real life stuff I've heard. And that, yeah, that's any small town because, but, you know, I, I too went from a small town. Yeah. <laughs> that, well, I mean, like, Mikey, you have shit going on where you're from. So, I mean, it's not like it's that big of a deal. But, like, you know, like I'm from, like, this up, I'm from upstate New York where nothing happens. Right. So, when I go home, I'm like the pick of the litter. I go home and I'm new. So, if I go out, I'm new. I literally, like, I'll have swarms of people come talk to me and ask me, Oh, where are you from? What do you do? Like, because, you know, I don't have like shitty hair and, you know, I'm not living. Like, I mean, it's, it's bad. Like, I, I mean, cause some of my girlfriends who are still, oh, the D-Bot's coming back to haunt me. D- no, my d I thought that was my D-Bot. My D-Bot makes the same no. sound. Hi, D-Bot. <laughs> Must be demon sheet all over fucking again. Fucking demon sheet is haunting me. I hate that, that, that <laughs> movie and the D-Bot can go suck a dick anyways. So I just, I get it. Like it's the small town mentality. So especially, I'm not surprised that that one girl when she came, Juliet Lewis's daughter, when she came in, Ma- Maggie, right? Yeah. Mag- Maggie, mm-hmm. when she came to town, the kids wanted to be friends with her because why? She's the shiny new toy. Yeah. Right? And it's not just any of the kids. It's the you know they're the popular kids. They're the stoner kids who like to party. But for lack of a better term, they are the popular kids. So it doesn't it doesn't surprise me that those things happen. So yeah. Um, so I know we're coming up at the end of the hour. Yeah, we're a little we're a little over here. So this was a nice long episode. It would make Ma proud. But like I said, this is one movie, Mr. Blumhouse. If you are listening, all three of us would like a part in there. We we take check, cash, money order, and we will fully support a Ma too. So please, Ma too, you can make it happen. We you can film it in two weeks. Yeah, yeah. seriously, we won't we, film it on. A, we don't need five million. No, we look, no we don't five Dad will write the script. Here's my audition. I'm <laughs> yeah. ready. Here's my audition. When I hear music, it makes me dance. 
<laughs> now I've got a Trixie Mattel purple lip just for y'all. It's, it's not Olivia's Trixie Mattel. That you oh, do you think I'm buying Olivia Trixie Mattel makeup? No, ma'am. That is my lipstick. <laughs> oh, you know what would be good? Here's, here's Ma 2 for you. So after the whole incidence of Ma 1, it's been 10 years later. Uh, it, it's in South Florida. And then uh, there's a, it's a drag bar. It's a drag bar. And they have the top performer. And uh, every time this, the performer's like, oh, and now we're, we're bringing Ma. But they don't know it's it's Sue Ann in drag the whole time. And so when you hear, look out, weak, and it like triggers her. And then it's kind of like in Return to Sleep Weekend when they, she rips the makeup off. And you realize it's it's Sue Ann underneath uh, who's, who's this drag. And you don't realize it until halfway in the movie. She's a drag queen. And she's she's hiding her identity underneath the the drag. So there you go, Ma too. Ma too. There you go, Blumhouse. Mama, yeah. Mama, Mama. <laughs> Mama. Just call it Mama. Mama. So, so yeah, so yeah, we've hit the end of the hour. We're about a an hour and eight minutes in. So I hope you guys are all satisfied. So please, if you do, definitely go check out Ma. Honestly, this is Blumhouse's best movie. To be honest, like it, it I was very surprised, and I've watched it. Uh, multiple times since it's uh, been out on DVD. So, yeah, I can't get it any more support. And if you want to hear more of my uh, stuff and uh, some Slashers Pod stuff and uh, Grandpa Oats, uh, if you have a Roku, download B-Movie TV. It's a free channel on the Roku. We we have shows every Friday nights with Friday Night Action at 8 p.m. Saturday Night Terrors at 10 p.m. with Jake or Yahira. They switch between the two episodes. And then Sundays we have uh, Grandpa Oats Cinema Wood Chipper. That's at Sundays at 10. Put the kids to bed away for that one because uh yeah that <laughs> we got episode two coming out and it is uh NSFW. Ooh, my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Well, awesome. That's all for me. Who else has got some plugs? Well, don't forget to support us, guys, at patreon.com slash slasherspod if you want to become a Patreon. Shout out to our new Patreon member, Jay Glass. Thank you so much for supporting us. Uh, we have tiers from $1 to 5 to $10. So you get special goodies with each of them. So please make sure you guys jump on there. And especially if you want to join our Discord, please do that. Don't forget our t-shirts at slasherspod.rebel.com. Any of our fun little designs that you love, which by the way, I got some compliments at the bar last week for our Mars Rats t-shirt. So if you want compliments <laughs> from random strangers, please go ahead and support us that way. And Do they buy you a drink? No, of course. Yeah. Well, there was, you know, yeah. I mean, they probably would have had I been there on my own. Uh, but you know how that goes. A chingle of cheeses. <laughs> Those <are the> cheap <laughs> bastards. And you know lastly, I would like to say, wherever you listen to your podcast, give us a five-star rating. Maybe we'll read it on the show if we get an alert for it. Oh, and even if it's yes, a bad <laughs> We've done some research. So if you can, if you have an Apple podcast uh, subscription or uh, whatever, put a review and give us some stars on Apple podcasts. Because for some reason, Apple podcasts are like the king of the algorithms right now. Uh, or it's Women's March. So the queens of the algorithms. Mm -hmm. So if you give us that, we'll be able to get into more ears. Uh, so more earwax will be cleansed by the sounds of the slashers. It's for the people, really. <laughs> And we gotta hide that bugman comment. I Actually, I think yeah. that's been that's like a, the longest running gay. Jake, Jake's really hurt on that. <laughs> that is the best comment that we could have. Listen, if y'all find that bugman camera, please, you know, like it, share it, and send it off because shitty publicity is really good too. Because people love the cheese may. So I don't. Yeah, back. if you're gonna give us a bad review, just put a five star rating next to it so we can see it. Oh yay! Yeah, well, see, great. <laughs> now we gave Jason Blum another idea. There's gonna be a new movie next year, Bugman. <laughs> <laughs> well, it better star all of us on a 
on a segment. We all get murdered in our little windows on the Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> and it's PG-13. Oh, yeah. Uh, so there's no blood. Uh, no blood and no titties. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, fucking PG-13. I know. Well, Doug, take us home. All right. Well, I hope you guys all enjoyed this episode. We are the Slashers, Slashettes. This is Women's March. Well, for AIDS, strong compliments say Women's Stomp. That's what I call it. So without that further ado, guys and women, goodbye and good day. And Bye. look out weekends, because here we come. <laughs>